ओम सम सरस्वती नमः नमस्ते Namaste. Uh, this evening on page 152, we're going to begin our discussion of the Guru Gita from the book Sri Ma, the Guru and the Goddess, and we'll begin with verse 146. And you remember this Guru Gita is the eternal cause of all peace, and it's the giver of good fortune and anything good you want, you can get by loving your Guru. If you love your guru like you love God, you will always be in the presence of God. That's the secret. It's just that easy. If you love the guru with the intensity, with the focus, with the attentiveness, with the the bhavana, the feeling, the intensity of reality, like you would love the presence of God, then you will always be listening to God, watching God, seeing God, living with God, and that's just the goal. <laughs> and that's why this Guru Gita is so important to us. One attains life. Freedom from disease and imperishable qualities for their children and their grandchildren through the generations. They're going to watch the example that you said. If recited by a widow or any other woman without desire, she may attain self-realization. If you don't have any other desire for worldliness, then you only have desire to live with a guru. And if you live with the guru, you live with God. And if you can treat God and guru as one, then you always live with God. And you have the personal example of what it means to live with God right before your very eyes. If recited without the prescribed way or with personal desires, then they will attain in another lifetime. So even if you desire something, if you have worldly desires and you're pursuing the worldliness, well then go ahead and do it. This will prepare your future for you. So after you get tired of accomplishing all your worldly desires, then you can turn to your spiritual self and get the privilege of living with God. Living with an example, someone you love and you worship and you cherish and you emulate, you want to employ that example in your lives. All pain, fear, obstacles, and curses will be removed. Anything bad, you can't remember it. You can't even think about it. You live with God, you live with the guru, you've got an example of the illumination in your darkness. How can you think of anything bad? There's no room. The space is already taken. I'm thinking about something good. Like the guru. All obstacles will be removed. The ideal of perfection, the necessities for, attain, for attainment, the perfection of all desires and liberation are given. Dharma, artha, kama, moksha. Dharma is the ideal of perfection. Artha are the economic, the physical resources necessary to attain that ideal. You need something to get there. Kama is any other desire other than my ideal. And when those three are in perfect harmony, then we get moksha, and that's called self-realization or liberation. You paid off all your debts. You have no more debts of karma. Remember, we owe three debts of karma, one to the gods, and we discharge that debt by making this world a better place because of our being here. We owe a debt of karma to the ancestors, and we discharge that debt by respecting the elderly the way we will want to be respected when we're old, like now, and nourishing the young people the way we want this world to become. And we owe a debt to the gurus, to the teachers, to all the acharyas. We discharge that debt by living in accordance with the wisdom that they teach. So whatever desire, dharma, artha, kama, moksha, all those, the chaturbhaga it's called, the four reasons, the purposes, the objectives for manifesting in a human body. Each one of us wants to attain an ideal of perfection. Each one of us needs a certain amount of stuff from the world in order to achieve that ideal. Each one of us has certain vasanas, tendencies, sanskaras, needs of the world for which we came into manifested existence. And when we complete all of those three, the fourth one is self-realization. All we need is God. 
And that's the goal, Chatur Bharga. So it, it, all the desires are uh, uh, attained, whatever desires are contemplated wherever, then and there they will be attained without a doubt. Nishandeo, Nashamishara. It is the cow which fulfills all desires of one who is desirous, like the Kamadenu, you know, the, 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 the cow which fulfilled all the desires. Kama, all desires, they knew the cow. Uh, it, it, she's the magical cow of Boshishta, the wise one, who has established his Ishta within. The desired attributes are established within. Boshishta. Bosh Boshishta is he who is known as the wise being who has all contained within. And it is the cow which fulfills all desires of one who is desirous and allows one to attain the thinkable and the unthinkable. You get even what you can't imagine. The fruits of this way of life, of this attitude of life, they just keep growing and multiplying and, and it just, you can't even think all the wonderful things that are going to happen, the thinkable and the unthinkable. It is the gem of all thoughts to the thoughtful and the cause of all welfare. We're talking about this Guru Gita, the song of the Guru, the attitude of love for the Guru, the attitude of worshiping your Guru as you're in the presence of God. For one who always recites desiring liberation, he will attain the radiance of liberation. For one who recites desiring enjoyment, to him it grants the fruits of desire. So whatever you desire in any way, you approach the scripture, fulfill my desires, okay, I'll either fulfill them or take them away. In any re regard, they're no longer a bondage to you, they're no longer a burden. If I fulfill it, okay, you're satisfied, now get to work. If I don't fulfill it, I'll take it away and you don't have to worry about it anyway. Desire knocks on the door and there's nobody home. It should be recited by the worshippers of Shakti, the sun, and the nine planets, Ganapati, Vishnu, Shiva. It, it's not limited to what sampradaya you worship in, what type of puja you perform. It's not particular to any sect of Hinduism. It is, oh goddess, it will give attainment no matter what. What sect, what sampradaya, what tribe of sadhus you join, it's still, you want to worship your guru like you're in the presence of God. Oh, goddess, it will give attainment. It is true, it is true without a doubt. Nasamshaya. Satyam satyam na sanshaya. This is a refrain we're getting again and again all through the Guru Gita. Satyam satyam na sanshaya. It is true, it is true without a doubt. Please believe it. It is true. Oh, giver of boons, now I speak of the places to recite for the fulfillment of desire. Whatever you desire, if you recite the Guru Gita, these are good places for in which you can recite. Uh, at the sea, on the bank of a river, that was me, I always sat on the bank of the river, or in a temple of Vishnu or Shiva, wherever we went, there was a temple of Shiva. In the temple of Shakti, and she was there too, or any other god, and here she is. Where cows reside, or where any god resides, is pure under a banyan tree, at the feet of the creator, in a field, or in the forest of delight. You know where the forest of delight is? Here's the garden of delight, and it's surrounded by a forest. And you can, if you're missing any ingredient for your worship, please wander through the forest of delight, enter into the garden, pick the flowers you need. Here's your sumptuous feast. Here are your golden ornaments. Here's your silk sari. I'm making all the offerings from the garden of delight. Uh, in a pure and beautiful place. Always one should perform the vows of purifying austerities in a pure and beautiful place. You hang out with pure people in beautiful places and you will achieve the, the concept of what does it mean to do purifying austerities as a way of life.
Even without understanding or in silence, one can offer this recitation. You don't have to be a loudmouth barker, carnival barker, that was what they called me, uh, <laughs> shouting out the mantras with the greatest of devotion. No, you can do it silently. You can keep it inside. You can do manas puja. You can keep it very, very quiet, very private. Even in silence, one can offer this recitation. In the cremation grounds, a great place to do sadhana. And any other fearful place or at the root of a banyan tree, perfection may be attained. You will get Siddhi. You will get that perfection. You'll get that bhavana, that feeling, that attitude, that attitude of an intensity of awareness. You become so intensely aware that it is your only, your sole, exclusive reality. You can't even think of any other phenomena as being real. That's all part of the dream sequence. This is the reality. Uh, at the root of a datura tree. Uh, well, well uh, we took datura on the beach in Goa one time, and someone came up, we were sitting on the beach, and they said, can you tell me where the <laughs> elevator is to the basement? <laughs> uh, stay at the foot of the tree. Or near a mango tree. The children of the guru, that's us. The children of the guru. Though they may be fools, <laughs> can attain to perfection in all pure actions such as initiation, performance of vows, and purifying austerities, others cannot. Even the foolish children, if we are children of the guru, we can aspire to the attainment of perfection, whereas those who don't have a guru, they don't have that relationship, they don't have that example in their lives, they don't have that desire to aspire to the fulfillment or the achievement of dharma, artha, moksha. They're not working in that direction. Uh, they cannot achieve that kind of perfection. Even the foolish children can achieve. Even though we're foolish, we're trying, Mom. Please, cut us a little slack. Uh, you'll be a little lenient. <laughs> Why you are laughing? It's a caught night. This is not a laughing matter. In order to destroy the dirt of the world of objects and relationships, to free from the bonds of worldly attachments, the knowers of the principles, whoever has tattva gyan inside, the knowers of the principles should always take the bath of the Guru Gita. It's like a Ganga snan. It's like pouring cold water from the Ganges. Did you put on the air conditioner? Uh, put on the, well, did you put on the cold water from the bank of the Ganges and wash yourself and take a bath in the Guru Gita. He actually becomes the Guru and always the knower of supreme divinity. Wherever he may go, all places become pure without a doubt. Nashamishaya. Wherever he resides, he maintains his own attitude. Doesn't get conducted to everybody else's attitude. All the, all the gang is going out to party tonight. I'm sorry, I'm busy, I'm staying home with the Guru Gita. I maintain my own attitude. Uh, he, he is completely pure within and without. There in his presence, the multitude of the gods and all places of pilgrimage will inhabit. Situated in a sitting, sitting posture, or reclining, moving, or still, or speaking, riding upon a horse, riding upon an elephant, or sleeping or awake, with a pure mind, always the wise will make the recitation of the Guru Gita. By merely having the intuitive vision of such a one, another life, another birth will not be known. 
All you have to do is see somebody who lives and breathes the privilege of being in the presence of the guru all the time. And you won't even think about rebirth or death or attachments to the world. You'll just think, wow, it can be done. There, somebody did it. And if one person did it, there's no reason that I can't do it too. We can do it. Yes, we can. We can do it. We can achieve just like our example achieved. Another birth won't be known. You just know the present. One continuous flow of consciousness. There is no other birth. There is no death. I live in it in a space of eternal submersion in consciousness. I know that she is one with God and God is guiding her. And there's no reason that it can't happen to me too. Once we have that faith, there is no death. We live in immortal bliss. Whether we change our bodies or not, it doesn't make any difference. Just as water is contained within the sea, milk within milk, ghee within ghee, the space within a container, just so the individual soul unites with the supreme soul of existence. It's the intrinsic nature of objects and the intrinsic nature of humanity is to unite with the supreme soul of existence. The Atma is always in union with the Paramatma. The disciple is always in union with the Guru. It is a, an eternal principle. It's a tatwa, a principle of a, 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 what we call a theorem. It's absolutely a proven theorem. The Atma, the soul, the individual soul is one with the Supreme Soul. The disciple is one with the Guru. In this way, the wise unite the individual soul with the Supreme Soul of existence. The wise, wherever, whether day or night, take delight in this union. Uh, the rest is all nonsense. If we know that the individual soul is, is in union with the Supreme Soul, then how much of the world do I need? If I take too much of this worldliness, it's going to become a burden, and I'm going to have to think about the world all the time. If I, I, I just need the, the, the amount that I need to take care of my obligations, my responsibilities, what I agreed to do. Just, just enough. I just don't want more. Give me more. How much do you want more? No, I just want the right amount. Not too much and not too little. I want the perfect balance, the optimum balance, all the time. And the knowledgeable one of great liberation always expresses knowledge. Wherever she goes, she's a teacher. So Chanakya said, okay, I want all the students of India to go around from country to country and gather up all the traditions of every nation in every language and write them all down in Devanagari. And the principals of the school said, what do you mean? You're taking all the kids out of class and you're sending them on a journey all over India to write down and be scribes and be stenographers and just write things down? And won't their education suffer? And Chanakya said, wherever there's a teacher, there's going to be teaching going on. They will not suffer in their education. Teacher doesn't mean you got to stand at a chalkboard and write things on the wall. Teacher means wherever there's a teacher, there's teaching. Wherever there's a guru, there's an example of the greatest me I could become. 
So the knowledgeable one always expresses knowledge. With an attitude of devotion, one should make all efforts for him. In old Sanskrit, Brahman meant a knowledgeable one, one who had the knowledge of Brahman. Whoever had the knowledge of the supreme divinity was to be venerated and respected because wherever they went, there was teaching. It didn't mean from generation to generation you tie a string around your ear and then you're venerated and you get to uh, collect donations wherever you go. That was not the ideal. The ideal was wherever there's a teacher, there's teaching, and the Brahmins have the knowledge, they have the wisdom, they were the examples, they knew how to do the puja, they knew how to do the worship, and they could shine with the light of wisdom. With an attitude of devotion, one should make all efforts for him. Such a one. If anybody serves an ignorant Brahmin, they're serving a fool, and they are more foolish than the fool they're serving. Removing all doubts, he becomes liberated, O Parvati. He attains both enjoyment of the fruits of all action and liberation, otherwise known as self-realization, and Saraswati resides on his tongue. That's a fun one. <laughs> Just open your mouth and you'll find Saraswati there. Look in the mirror, open your mouth, and you'll see her sitting on your tongue. Uh, remember uh, Robin and Kumbhakarna and Pibhishan uh, 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 were doing tapasya. And uh, they were uh, doing a just tremendous tapasya to, to get boons from Brahma. Uh, and so Indra got scared. Uh, Kumbhakarna wanted to have the seat of heaven. He wanted Indra Asan. And they prayed and they prayed and they said, Saraswati, please sit on his tongue. And when you ask him for the boon, he'll mix up the letters instead of Indra Asan, he'd say Nidra Asan. Nidra means sleep. <laughs> Indra means the king of heaven. <laughs> he wanted the throne of the king of heaven. And when Brahma said, what do you want? Saraswati sat on his tongue and he said, I want to sleep all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and Brahma said, Tatastu, I give you that boom. <laughs> uh, go to sleep. <laughs> you eat like a horse anyway. <laughs> Uh, in fact, Kumbhakarna ate so much, he would wake up one day every six months, and he would eat so much in that one day that they have to gather all the harvest from all the fields of all the nation just to feed him for a day. So, Saraswati resides on his tongue, whether you like it or not. So if you like it, invite her to sit there. And she always comes with her sister, Lakshmi. Very interesting. If you call Lakshmi, she may come or she may not, but she won't stay. If you call Saraswati, she always comes and she brings Lakshmi with her. Funny how that works. <laughs> All living beings should make recitation of the Guru Gita. In any language you choose. I mean, it's appropriate. Have an example in your life. Have, a, have an aspiration. Have a goal. Have a path. Have something that you look forward to becoming, to changing in your lives. They will attain all perfection, the enjoyment of the fruits of their karma without a doubt. Funny about how doubtless the, this is emphatic. Uh, again and again, satyam, satyam, nashangshaya. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, it is true. It is true. Again, it is true. Hey, this is true. <laughs> this is real. I mean, they called it scripture. And before they wrote it down, they passed it down from guru to disciple called Sruti. And the guru would chant the verse and the disciple would chant the verse until he memorized it. And then they chant the next verse. And they memorized all the scriptures from guru to disciple through thousands of years. They kept it just intact. One thing, there's a, there's a little part of Cochin in Kerala. And there's a, one street called Jewtown. And they have a synagogue in Jewtown in Cochin. So I went to see the synagogue of Cochin in Jewtown. And there was about a hundred guys in there, 
and they're all davening, and they're all singing the prayers. Nobody had a book. Nobody had a book. So after the prayers were finished, I went to the, the, uh, the, the chief. There was nobody in charge. Everybody, it was just a, a, a collection of people. Everybody was in charge. And I went to the guy who was leading the prayer service. I said, how is it that everybody chanted perfectly the ceremony? I was following in my book. Nobody had a book except me. They said, everybody listened, <laughs> and they learned it. And they learned it without a book. And they kept the tradition going for thousands of years, and they all learned it without a book. It is true, it is true, again it is true. The ideal of perfection is elucidated by me. There is nothing equal to the Guru Gita. It is the truth. It is the truth, O oh, giver of boons. Satyam, satyam, brahmane, brahmane. You, you who give the boon, bordhan, bordhan kutcha. There is one divinity, one ideal of perfection, one allegiance, the highest austerity, the guru, is the highest of the highest. There is no other principle beyond the guru. If you live with the guru, you live with God. And if you have that feeling, you have that attitude, you have that bhavana, you watch her divinity manifest in everything she does and you learn how to make it manifest ourselves. Blessed is the mother. Blessed is the father. Blessed is the family and blessed is the lineage. Blessed is the earth, O goddess, because of he who has devotion to the guru, which is so difficult of attainment. It's just so easy to do other stuff. Huh? I mean, my list is long, <laughs> and everything on it is so important. Devotion to the guru comes down here, and every now and then it surfaces at the top. I say, oh, I'll get there later, and I put it back down. It is the truth. This body... These organs of action and knowledge, this life force and objective of being, one's own near and dear and friends, mother, father, family, oh goddess, all are only the guru without a doubt. Guru is reflected in every individual and in every atom and every cone, every, every particle of creation. If you can see your guru there, you treat everyone with the proper respect and you never have a problem. You never have a difficulty. There are certain challenges which crop up and you all get together as a team and find ways to eradicate the obstacles and to make a harmony for everybody. So it's a win-win-win negotiation. Nobody wants to come out the winner. Everybody wants to share, share the victory. It is true. Oh, goddess, all are only the guru without a doubt. Please remember, oh, goddess, all are only the guru without a doubt. Through timeless births, tens of millions of repetitions of mantras, sacred vows, all purifying austerities performed, oh, goddess, all the excellent fruits attained are merely from the satisfaction of, of the guru. Everything we do, if she's happy, then we get the kripa. We get the grace. We do, and we get. And if she's not happy, we better find a way to make her happy. Are you happy? Thank you. <laughs> ah, thank you. Those people who only with the strength of their knowledge perform purifying austerities and do not perform seva, selfless service as an expression of love to the guru, they are unfortunate. It is true. It is true. Oh, giver of boons, if you think with your knowledge and your tapasya and the strength of your austerities, I'm going to force God to pay attention to me, uh -uh. 
It won't work. It won't work. She wants our love. She wants our attention. She wants the expression of love as it comes through our work, through our actions, through our attitudes while we're performing those actions. If we can do for her with love, she will, that will be our tapasya. That will be our austerity. That will be greater than standing on one foot for hundreds of years and chanting the mantra, or any of the others sitting on the iceberg with no clothes and, and chanting the mantra, or sitting in a hot spring but in, the, in the boiling hot water and chanting the mantra. It, these are nothing in comparison to sharing your love for the guru through every action you perform. All the excellent fruits attained are merely from the satisfaction of the guru. It is true, it is true, O giver of boons. And 173, Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, the rishis, the, the divine seers, the devas, the ancestors and celestial beings, the siddhas, the attained beings, the protectors of wealth, and other munis and sages, all men of wisdom, only through her, the guru, do they attain. Brahma became the creator, Vishnu the protector, Shiva the transformer, only because they loved the guru. It was their seva to the guru which made them Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva. The guru is Brahma, the guru is Vishnu, the guru is Deva, Maheshwara. The guru, Sakshat Parabrahma, actually the supreme divinity. Tashmai, therefore, Shri Gadabe Namaha, we bow down to the respected Guru. The attitude of the Guru is the highest place of pilgrimage. And all other places of pilgrimage are without meaning in comparison. Gaya Ganga Kurukshetra, Gaya Kurukshetra, Gaya Ganga, Prabhasi Pushkaranicha, Ye Tirthani Pracharanti, Tarvakali Pabanticha. You go to Gaya, you go to Kurukshetra, you go to Ganga, you go to any other Prabhasi. Prabhasi is a, a, a Pushkar, a, or a, 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 some other people say Somnath, a, a Prabhasi. A Pushkaranicha and Pushkar, and uh, all you, all the places, all the holy churches, all the places of pilgrimage, you can go to any of them. All the places of pilgrimage reside, oh goddess, in the big toe of the Guru's foot. Oh giver of bones, could you take off your sock? <laughs> oh, it's okay, you've got a hole in your sock. <laughs> We're lucky. We get to see the big toe of your foot. Uh, all the places of pilgrimage are present right here. By means of recitation, one attains to victory, one attains to infinite fruits, renounce all confusing actions and all depressing places. Get rid of your depression, get rid of your confusion. Renounce it all. You don't need it. Just rejoice in the privilege to sit near the guru's big toe. Just the toe. That's enough. And then you'll celebrate life. You won't, you won't hold on to renounce all confusing actions, renounce all depressing places. Life is not a burden of obstacles and responsibilities and duties that we're required to fulfill. Put down those burdens and put down those depressing obstacles and uh, obligations and put them all down and pick up privileges and the opportunities and rejoice and celebrate in the opportunity to, to serve the guru with love by doing just what you're doing anyway. Just change your mind. Duh. By means of recitation, one attains to victory, one attains to infinite fruits. By performing recitation in a confused place, one attains the fruit of confused actions. <laughs> well, if I'm in a confused place and I'm in a state of confusion, I'm going to sit there and read the Sanskrit and it'll come out like a bunch of gibberish. And all I'll think about is my confusion. I won't think about the illumination or the privilege of being in the presence of the guru. Take a deep breath. We 
leave your confusion behind. Leave those depressing attitudes. Take, walk outside and take a look at the forest. And take a look at the sunshine. And look at the shadows as the sun shines upon the leaves and the tree. And then pick up the privilege. Have, enjoy the opportunity to recite the Guru Gita. If you're in a confusing place or in a state of confusion, stop! Renounce your confusion. Renounce your depression. Put it all down. You don't need it. It's not going to take you to the highest realization of the Guru. Recite the Guru Gita in a journey, in a battle, in a dilemma, or any limitation. If I've got a dilemma, I've got two alternative uh, propositions from which to select. I can recite the Guru Gita and ask her, which is the best? If I don't get an answer, I'll just send her an email. <laughs> ah, it's amazing how things work in the Kali Yuga. <laughs> Well, she gets text messaging. I don't know about that. Whoa! Even faster. The recitation confers victory and in death bestows liberation. All the actions of the children of the Guru, that's us, attain to perfection all of the time. Ah, we better... Do that one again. All the actions of the children of the guru, that's us, attain to perfection all the time. Either we do the wrong thing and we learn what not to do again, or we do the right thing and she says, yeah, that's it. You get the fruit of your karma. It attains to perfection all the time. So either it's a learning experience or it's a celebration. Either way, we perfect our actions. Everything we do is perfect. Purnamaha, purnamidam, purnat, purnamutachyate, purnashya, purnamavaya, purnmeba, abashisyate. We're full, complete, and perfect. Now, I have to explain. I have explained this secret because you are beloved to me. Hey, all my beloved, that's the only reason I've explained this, is because you're beloved to me. Make every effort to keep it hidden. Please, protect the secret. Put it in your heart and live it. You don't have to show it to everybody. Your behavior will tell them the secret. You don't have to tell everybody. This is not an inspiration to go to the airport and pass out incense. You're not asking people to join any club or sign up for anything or give them a copy of the Bhagavad Gita as it is or as it was or as it could be. We are, we are asking you just to keep the secret inside. Just live it. Everybody will see your secret on your face in the smile, in the joy, in the sense of privilege with which you do everything you do. They'll all know your secret. You don't have to go out and tell everybody. I just got the greatest guru and she told me the secret and now I'm going to share the secret with all of you. Let me initiate you. It's 50 bucks a pop. Come on, stand in line. Don't make it into a business. Make it into a lifestyle. Don't make it into a proselytization. I'm going to advertise. Somebody took uh, 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 outside of Austin, Texas. They they built, put up a billboard saying, "Come and get initiation from me." Protect the secret. The highest master. Ganesh and other gods, Vishnu and others, they keep this in their mind and they do not speak it aloud to others. This is true. This is true. Thus I have spoken. To one whose consciousness is extremely pure, who has full faith and devotion, to such a one this may be explained. Oh, my beloved, you are my own soul eternally. 
to one devoid of devotion, to a cheater, an evil being filled with deceit. <laughs> to such persons do not ever speak or even mentally convey the Guru Gita. Just show them your way of being. It is the one mantra by which to cross the ocean of objects and relationships. The mantra by which to attain the perfection of worship of Brahma and other gods and munis. It is the mantra which destroys affliction, pain, and the disease of worldly attachment. Praise the mantra which takes away all fear. The mantra which proclaims the guru as queen. And thus ends the last section of the respected Skanda Purana, in which Ishwar told the Parvati, the complete Guru Gita, make offering at the feet of the respected Guru Dev. Sri Guru Dev Charanarpa Namastu. Om Thams Dharasvati Namaha. Namaste. Well, let's see if there are any questions tonight. Yes, please, Joshua. On verse 176. Yes, please. By performing recitation in a confused place, one attains the fruit of confused actions. What does that mean exactly? Is a confused place a state of mind, or is it a place you're in, or is it both, or what is it? What is a confused place, or if you have a confused mind, should you not recite the Guru here? What does that mean exactly? Exactly, it means if you're not in the right environment, if you're not in the right attitude, if you're not in the right state of mind, you should put yourself in the right state of mind and then recite the Guru Gita. It means like you go to a, 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 a fast food place and everybody's screaming and yelling and throwing dishes and food around and everyone's got their mouth full. You sit down to recite the Guru Gita and you, you Maybe you go to Las Vegas and you go to the casino and they're all shouting, you 11, and they're, they're all pulling for their number and everyone's cheering and shouting and, and drinking and smoking. And if you sat there and you say, gee, what should I be doing right now? Maybe I'll sing the Guru Gita. <laughs> uh, it means you'll get the fruit of confused actions. Hey, why don't you go out to the pool where you'll be alone and go outside where you'll be in an environment all your own and then you put yourself in the, into the center and you put your mind in a state of peace and you block out all of the other interaction that's going on around you and then you sing the Guru Gita, you'll achieve peace because you're singing from the center. You're not singing from a confused place. So if you're in an inappropriate environment and in, 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 in an inappropriate mind, stop. What are you trying to achieve? Why don't you extricate yourself and use your discrimination, extricate yourself from those confusing circumstances, and there's always a way to find an environment or make an environment which is conducive to what you want to achieve. And in that way, you'll recite the Gita. Thank you. Sure. Yes, please. We have a question from Manohar. Namaste, Manohar. Mm -hmm. Namaste, sweet mother and father. What is the role of a guru beyond taking away the fear of death? Is there more of a role during death in terms of being a guide? Manohar, yes, in, 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 there's more of a role of the guru in death and there's more of, a role, of the role of the guru in life. And both are applicable. The guru is an example of what you could become. The guru has a bhava, an attitude, a, a rhythm of life which is so pleasing to us all. We all want to emulate it as per our capacity. We want to employ that way of cooking, that way of, of singing, that way of worshipping, that way of sitting in meditation, that way of jump, that way of tup. We want to take as much of the goon of the guru, as much of the qualities, the attributes of the guru into our own lives and emulate the bhavana of the guru. We learn our worship. We're going to learn our worship from her. We're going to learn how our attentiveness. We're going to learn how to focus attention and what objects are worthy of paying attention to. Uh, so in life, 
there are so many other attitudes that we can learn from the guru. And in death too. She will not only take away the fear of death at the time of death, but she will guide us as the individual soul merges with the universal soul. It's the principle of a guru. The guru is Brahma, the guru is Vishnu, the guru is Deva Maheshwara, the guru is Sakshat Parabrahma. Manohar, please remember that Sakshat Parabrahma is going to take the, the uh, Atma into union with the Paramatma. And that's where you find out who is the guru. We have a question from Usha. Namaste, Usha Ma. On verse uh, 156. Yes, please. What does it mean to attain to perfection in initiation? Well, when we take initiation, we open ourselves, just like a marriage. You open ourselves to the entire deliverance of the bhava of our partner into ourselves and the entire expression of ourselves into our partner. So the perfection of that initiation is the culmination. I get to receive the vibrations, the shpandana, the, the attitude, the shakti, the energy, the, the totality, the whole nine yards. I get the whole package and it's delivered and it's infused within me. And that's the perfection of initiation. In other words, I step aside and say, I'm open to receive. I am totally vulnerable before you. I trust you 100% or more. Please enter into me. Give me your bhav, give me your vibration, give me your mantra with the rishis and the chandos and the itihas and the sahitya, and I want the biakaran and the ucharan, I want the, I want the whole thing. I don't just want a little bit. Don't just give me a mantra in my ear. You give me initiation in my heart. Now that's the perfection of initiation. I have a question on that same verse. Are the children of the Guru different from disciples of the Guru, or are they like the devotees of the Guru? Uh, no, the, guru, the children of the Guru are the disciples, those who have made themselves into a reflection of the attitudes of the Guru. So those are the children of the Guru. Uh, otherwise, the Guru has lots of kids. Uh, the whole world, she's got the whole world in her hands. But specifically, those children who recognize their mom, they're really the children. And there are a lot of kids all around the world, but they don't all recognize their mom. Mom pays attention specifically, most specifically, to the kids who call her every day and say, Hi, Mom, how are you doing? They cultivate the relationship with their mother. They send her a card and they send her a... a a new pair of socks, whatever she needs. They send her their love, their vibration, their attention. And what does mom do? They come to mom to celebrate her day and she cooks for them. <laughs> and she cleans for them and she serves them and she makes a box of uh, uh, prasad for it and puts everybody's name on it and all the intended recipients are listed and everybody's got a bed and they've got a their name is on the bed and every that's what she does for the children of the guru who come close to the guru and all the other kids that are roaming around in the world are roaming around in the world and blessings when you want to come home and see mom you know where we are yes please we have a question from nanda yes nanda namaste it seems like i overcome desires and work hard to get on the path only to fall to pieces at the slightest temptation does it ever get easier I thank you for any suggestions or experiences from your own lives. No! <laughs> Doesn't get easier. You just get busier. <laughs> if you're so busy you don't have time to pay attention to the desires, then you don't have time. Sorry, don't have time. It just is not part of this thankalpa, this navaratri. I mean, I've got to do the puja. I've got to do the pot. I've got to do the job. I've got to do the top. I, Sorry, desires, call me after the Navaratri is complete. 
call me maybe after Guru Purnima. Or maybe not. It doesn't get easier, Nanda. You just get busier. You make your sankalpa broader and wider and longer and lower and stronger and it takes up more of your time so you don't have time to chase after frivolous desires. How can I go on this tangent or that tangent? I've got a sankalpa. I'm going to complete my job. I'm going to complete my tap. I'm going to do my puja. I'm going to do, recite the scripture. I'm going to listen to Swamiji rant and rail for an hour. And then i got to cook and eat and feed my gods and take care of the world and take it. You're a busy lady. Who's got time for frivolous desires? And then you're going to call mom and say, did you have a good day, mom? <laughs> Is everything okay? Is there anything you need? Is there anything I can bring tomorrow? Aren't you? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Yes, please. We have a question from Ramya. Hi, Rami, Mommy. Namaste to everybody in Bengaluru. Can we reach God with seva alone? What is the role of formal sadhana? There is a great role for formal sadhana. The, the purpose of performing the seva is to be able to get the privilege to watch how the sadhana is performed. And as you do more seva, you get to learn more sadhana. And as you do more sadhana, we're defining that as the definitive action that you are doing for the, the furtherance of your love of God, to be able to express your love of God. And we call that karma yoga. And that's the karma through which we come into yoga. So we come into union by doing these seven kinds of behavior. Puja, pot, home, sangeet, nrit, pravachan, and arpanam. Otherwise known as seva. So if you do seva, you get to see how does she worship? Oh, that's how. How does she sit? How does she breathe? How does her pranayama? What is her mantra like? How does she do uchadana? Where does she put the flowers? Where does she, how does she bathe seva? Rami, in many ways, the more we do seva, the greater is our privilege to learn how to do the rest of the sadhana, the tapasya, the, the disciplined actions which will take us closer to God and to Guru and to being one with the Guru. Tumjatiyo. Pranam. We have a question from uh, Saranya in Walnut Creek. Yes, Saranya. Swamiji, you talk a lot about Guru Seva. I talk a lot! <laughs> for people who are physically far from their gurus, what is the best way for them to perform Seva? I want to tell you about two devotees from Washington who, who got straight A's in their, in their college education and they got on the dean's list and they got a scholarship to the next two years of college. They were doing Seva for the guru. I want to tell you about people that are doing things for us. They're getting their lives together. They're getting their relationships together. They're, they're focusing on their careers and their families. And they're, they're, they are serving us. Now, I want to tell you a story about Narad Muni. Uh, he went to Vishnu and said, Vishnu, I've been singing your name 24 hours a day. I sing it day and night. I am certainly your greatest devotee. And Vishnu said, no, you're not. And Narad said, well, who is? And Vishnu said, come with me. And they went down to the earth and they came to the hut of a farmer. And the farmer lived in this hut with his cow and his kids and his wife. And he was taking care of eight kids and a wife. He got up in the morning and said, oh, Vishnu. And he picked up his plow, he had hooked it up to the cow, and he went out and he plowed his field all day long. He came back at night, he took some food, and he said, oh, Vishnu. And he went to sleep. Narad said, Vishnu, I've been singing your name from morning till night. And this guy said your name twice. How is he a greater devotee than me? Vishnu said, I'm giving you a glass of milk. And it's full to the brim. 
I want you to carry this glass of milk around the field and bring it back to me. And if you spill one drop, I won't drink it. Narad very carefully started walking around the field and there was a rock there he wanted to watch out and there was a little ditch in front and he came to the corner of the field he had to make the turn I oh be careful don't spill the milk and he came back and said here's your milk Vishnu and Vishnu said did you spill any and Narad said no I did not and Vishnu said, well, how many times did you say my name? <laughs> and Narad said, Vishnu, I was really attentive and concentrating. <laughs> uh, how many times did you say my name? Vishnu, I didn't say your name at all. You mean you were carrying one glass of milk around the field and you didn't say my name once? And that farmer's taking care of a wife and eight kids, and he said my name twice. <laughs> That's why he's the greatest devotee. So there are many people who are taking care of the sansar in honor of the guru, and they are sa doing seva for the guru. There are other people that are sharing with us and working on projects as we all around the world, Srini and Rami included, from all different nations, people are adding to our website and they're sharing their articles, they're sharing their knowledge and their inspiration so that all of us can grow a little bit more. And they're posting on Facebook and they're tweeting on Twitter and they're doing all kinds of things I've never heard of. Thank God I've got young people to explain it to me. <laughs> if it weren't for young people to explain it, I would never know all the anacronyms. What is a meme? <laughs> I still don't understand. I thought I'd been in this business 42 years, and I thought the object was to get a UU. <laughs> so it, there are many ways that you can serve us. You can take care of your family, you can take care of your business, you can take care of your community, you can, you can add to, your, your, to, the, to the, uh, the pile of knowledge which we're trying to gather, which we are accumulating to share free of charge, most liberally, as best as we possibly can. You can join us in so many ways to do seva for the guru. It's just the, the expression of your selfless, sense of privilege, how much you love. What is the importance of the Guru's feet? Why are the feet so important? Mm. The highest part of me, I want to place at the lowest part of her in the hopes that the law of gravity is going to bring the blessings down. So as the blessings flow down, I'm going to worship her feet with all my due respect. So that's why we worship the feet so much. Because they're the lowest part of the highest being that I could conceive of. And I get to bow down to those feet. I get to worship those feet. I get to wash those feet. I do her socks too. <laughs> yes, please. Is that the same reason to worship the Guru's sandals, or the sandal is separate? Thing? No, 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 that's a very similar thing. Guru Paduka, you worship the Guru's sandals because the feet go in the sandals. <laughs> and a lot of Gurus, myself included, they get these marks on their feet from sitting in asans so long. And then they, the feet become so sensitive that if anyone touches them, it's like an electric current and it makes me jump to the ceiling. And so uh, sometimes a, uh, some of the gurus put their sandals in front and let people bow down to the sandals so they don't get electrocuted by all the vibrations coming at their feet. In fact, if you ever see me get up from a chandi pot or after puja or something, uh, uh, my feet are the most sensitive part of my body. It's more sensitive than the inside of my mouth or the inside of my nose or any other place that you can imagine. I have backlog questions. Go for it. You've got four minutes and 32 seconds. <coughs> I wanted to ask this one. Uh-oh. 
This one's from Elijah in Seattle. Uh-oh. <laughs> you better go home. <laughs> go home and ask that question. Sometimes your examples seem too great to reflect. Is it truly possible for us to reflect your light in its fullness? Yep. Next. <laughs> Please. Is there a uh, particular mantra that we can use when we're looking at somebody else out in the world and want to see the guru in them and we want to remind ourselves of that at that moment? We've been talking about it for the last two weeks. Guru. <laughs> yes. Guru. Okay. Yes. Uh, can you elaborate on the importance of how you and Ma give everything away? Not give everything away, but you guys, you guys give your teachings for free and uh, just the importance of being liberal with all your content. Well, if Jesus came down to earth, would he want to sell mantras? <laughs> would he want to turn water into wine and say, hey, $7 a glass? <laughs> I mean, really, is this a business or is this a life? We're, we're not. If God likes what we're doing, she's going to empower us to keep doing it. And one day she says, I don't like what you're doing, go home. You can go sit in the Himalayas and meditate for the rest of your life. I look forward to it. <laughs> uh, no, we didn't want to make this a business. We wanted this for our lifetime. And so uh, the only thing we have to charge for is what it cost us to print a book. And we have to charge a little bit more because we give so many books away. We just can't make out as it is. So uh, we, we didn't want to go into business with spiritual knowledge. I would rather sell shoes. I, I, I'd really be a good shoe salesman. I promise you. I would bow down to everyone's foot <laughs> and try the shoe on. With the, yeah, put some water on their feet and make sure it slides right on. Uh, I would get them the right size and the colors that they want. But I, I would really rather sell shoes than sell mantras. I don't want to say, I have spiritual knowledge, come and give me $200 for the weekend and, and I'll give it to you. What nonsense. Why would you take the most beautiful jewels that you have and sell them for a few dollars? It just doesn't make sense. So if you have something, share it. If you have a spiritual experience, you can share it, you can give it away. You'll find a way to make your livelihood. I promise you. We're going to empower you with Dharma, Artha, Kama, and Moksha. You're going to find the ideal of perfection. You're going to find oh, the economic resources with which to sustain yourself and empower yourself to keep sharing and you're going to get rid of all the other desires because you don't have any money to chase after them anyway. So then you get liberated because you're just thinking about God and Guru and the knowledge and how you're going to share it. You don't need extra money to go out and, and party. The party's going on all the time. Yes, please. Why are the cremation grounds a good place for sadhana? And, and is a cemetery good too? Yeah, cemeteries are good too. The cremation grounds are better. Uh, and especially the old cremation grounds where you could get, you could sit right by. I used to read the Chandi by the light of the fire. Uh, and in fact, I, 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 there were three of us in the cremation grounds in our village. Uh, Shushil, you'll meet Shushil, I'm sure, uh, and uh, Pachu and me. And I would uh, do the, uh, the Chandi and Shushil would cook the food and Pachu would take care of uh, pushing the ashes into the river. And uh, so uh, we had a, a great teamwork. There, there's a certain attitude that comes over everyone who sits in the cremation grounds. And it's an attitude, they call it Smarshan Boiragya. It's, it's the sense of detachment that you get by sitting in a cremation ground and you watch that everyone who comes there comes empty-handed and no one takes anything with them. And all they do when the body starts burning and it gets stiffer and stiffer and they reach up their hands to heaven. And if you can sit in that environment and 
chant and sing and meditate and contemplate. And you just find new values for your lives. What's important to you? I used to come out of the cremation grounds and think, all you need is love. <laughs> I mean, that was all you needed. That was the only thing that made any sense. Was just to be in love with life while you've got it. And be in love with God and follow the, the instruction of your guru and follow the example of your guru and make yourself improve every day. You've got to make yourself better. Just don't, don't accept mediocrity as an option. Don't hesitate to make yourself better and improve every day. I've got to learn something. Even if it's the wrong thing, i got to learn what not to do. Okay, give me the lesson, but I've got to change myself every day. I'm a work in process, and I don't want to stop the process. When I stop the process, that's called death. And I ain't dead yet. The cremation grounds are so beautiful to cultivate that spirit of vairagya, that spirit of detachment where all you can think of is love and knowledge and light and, and especially if you're there in day and the night and you read by the light of the fire and you're sitting there, uh, it, you watch all the bodies go to heaven and you get to share the journey with them. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. Yes, please. We have a question from Elise. Oh, yes. Elise emailed me the other day and said, you didn't answer my question. What kind of swami are you? Uh, I asked that question and it got in the queue and I don't know where it went, but it, cool. Go ahead. What is the best attitude to have toward thick-minded tendencies that prevent true faith? That's why I didn't ask the answer the question. <laughs> of course I'm not going to answer a question. Thick-minded tensity. Tendencies. tendencies. Thick-minded tendencies. What is a thick-minded tendency? Stuff that I do. Stuff that, Stuff I that do. you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got the best attitude to, to deal with stuff that he does, if that's what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a possibility. Thick-minded tendencies. Uh, is that stuff that you didn't learn from the last time you did the mistake? <laughs> is that stuff that you didn't change from the last time you made that same mistake? Is that what you call thick-minded tendencies? I think, yeah. I think you better send me an email, Elise. <laughs> I'm afraid of what might come next on camera. Thick-minded tendencies. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste. <laughs>